the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I was up, oh, you won't believe this, about 1230 to 1. So I actually watched the late night comedians thinking maybe they'll put me to sleep. Nope. Then it's three o'clock and looking at the phone and nope. So one of the things I, I one of the things I, I found this morning as a news story that was kind of interesting was that the over under bet on the football game yesterday got hit by half a point. So if you, it was a, a, a life changing moment that if you bet under, you're like ah. Oh. And the sequence of events that had to happen in the fourth quarter to hit that over almost impossible that's referred to as a bad beat um almost impossible where like a team's like down by 11 uh so they go for no they're down by 12 so they go for one instead of two it doesn't make any sense but then they get the ball back and they a lot of stuff happened but anyway welcome back nfl let's talk a little bit about investing in the nfl First and foremost, it was about mid-March when Gavin Newsom said, don't expect to be going to hockey games or football games in the state of California in October. He said, we're not, we're not going back at least until Thanksgiving. I found that interesting at the time, and I talked about it on the air. I like a governor that protects his people, or he thinks he's protecting his people. Um, I'm a science guy. I've got a college degree in science. Um, I liked it, but it, it shocked me. I was like, okay, our economy, and in mid-March, I started talking like, we're not going to be back to full economy until the NFL's back. When the, and and it, then I started thinking about some of these investments, like Live Nation. You know who does ticketing for sporting events? Who does ticketing for concerts? I was like, whoa, I'm one day going to like that stock. So as the NFL kicks off, Kansas City Chiefs has a guy who's paid something like $500 million during his contract, Patrick Mahomes. Colin Kaepernick got added back to Madden Football, EA Sports. He's the 16th-ranked quarterback. He hasn't played in three years. Political statement or not, I want to talk about some investments. And one of the investments that I learned many years ago is, remember Michael Phelps, that amphibian dolphin swimmer? Um... Nike came out with some product for the Olympics that he was in, kind of a shark swimming suit. A lot of times, big sporting events are used to market product and introduce product and launch product. Same thing with the NFL. So let's talk a little bit about it. If you were to look for investments that could do well, Nike is probably number one. When it comes to the NFL, the most direct play amongst sports stocks is to buy Nike. Um, they have an eight-year deal with NFL. Nike provides uniforms and apparel, so you see the swoosh, it's there. Whether you see it or not, it's there. Subliminally, I think you're seeing it. 
Nike scored a major coup when they got the NFL. It's something that the United States is pretty dedicated to, Americans. Another stock you could look at would be Under Armour. They're making gradual inroads, but Nike's the giant. And I don't know, I've been fascinated with Under Armour in the past. I never pulled the trigger because a lot of times I'll find the growth that I like. I'll find the story that I like. I'll find the CEO that I like. But then I'm like, ah, I already own Nike. So I don't pull the trigger. And I could, I could own both and kind of dominate. No, that's not my thing. But Nike's also making some inroads into the English Premier League, which is much, 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 much bigger than the NFL on a worldwide basis. Nike is one of the few companies that can consistently afford banner deals and afford LeBron and afford Michael Jordan. They've got spokespeople locked up. So a company like an Under Armour comes along and, well, Nike, for some reason, oh, he had a bad knee or some bad ankle. What was it? Uh, Steph Curry. So they didn't give him the deal that he wanted. So he went to Under Armour. Uh, Very rarely does Nike make that mistake. Nike has over $5.2 billion in cash, $3.5 billion in debt. Um, Some other companies that are likable, that are tied towards sports, Adidas. Um, It's a German company. And a few years ago, I was reading a report on them, I was like, the correct way to say it is Adidas. Adidas? Like hard Ds? I'm like, really? Americans are never going to go for that. (laughs) So we'll just call them Adidas. But they're an underlying company that's got some synergies with the NFL. Um, they sign deals with you know individual players here and there. Dick Sporting Goods. Now, Dick Sporting Goods isn't just an NFL play. It's a pandemic play. I work out every day. I'm ripped. I can't even buy weights. I'm so ripped. I, I need more weights kind of thing. Dick Sporting Goods, they've had some hits or misses, but... They're a play on, uh, hey, let's go junior and go to Dick's Sporting Goods this weekend and buy a football and throw the old pigskin around. Is that really made out of pigskin, Dad? Disgusting, right? Google is a weird little alphabet play on the NFL because a paradigm is shifting. We're watching and we're streaming more NFL than we ever have before. Now, you know that Amazon, a couple years ago, did an experiment with NFL where... They bought the rights to one game a week, maybe. Does that sound about right? But what they did that was interesting was they they put announcers in that talked woman. I know you're saying, what are you talking about? They talked housewife. So the, the, the announcers would say things like, oh, that was a really hard hit. Versus Madden, pow, wow, what a hit. So they, they tried to experiment, like, how can we get women more involved? I don't know if that's the whole thing about it, but... Women tend to control the household. Women can tend to control the buying of groceries in old-fashioned America. I don't know if that's going to be true forever in America. But Alphabet-owned YouTube. Um, they've got an NFL package. They've got plays. that they. I mean, they have a relationship. They show NFL games. They stream them. I think a company like Verizon has benefited from its association with NFL, the National Football League. Dun, 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 dun. 
So Netflix goes after traditional TV providers. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for it. On the frozen tundra Lambo field. It's kind of a rite of passage for boys to like watch football, right? And then to try to recreate it outside. But Verizon signed a five-year deal worth about $2.5 billion that I think is still in place. Um, I think it's about five years old is what I'm getting at, where you can stream NFL highlights um, straight to your phone, where you can watch a game a week straight to your phone. I think it's sometimes even two games. But you get the idea. Um, Microsoft, if you ever look at the coaches, they have Microsoft tablets on the sidelines. Domino's Pizza, is that a football play? You betcha. I think so. Uh, Papa John's, but it's also a COVID play. Tonight, if I feel, don't feel like cooking, I may do Domino's or Papa John's. Probably not, but I'm thinking about it. PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Anheuser-Busch, they're all plays on the NFL. Marketing, commercials, some of them direct, some of them indirect. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. We're getting stronger. The Dow is. The NASDAQ is still up one third of 1%. To me, that's kind of inconsequential. To me, 2 to 4% up in one day is, whoa, that's a big move. Same thing on the downside, down one-third of a percent, no big deal. Down 2 to 4%, that was a rough day. And that's kind of how I categorize it. Stocks are rising, clawing back some losses from recent sessions. I think if I were to label what's happened in the last month, we've gone from Apple and Tesla always going up. I wrote a, a blog that I'm submitting to a company so I can start blogging for them maybe later this year. And I wrote it on September 2nd, and I was like, yeah, I was trying to show some humor. Um, what's interesting about the story is I don't know if I can tell the story <laughs> fast enough, but Tesla was at an all-time high when I wrote it. It was right before the stock split. They had a couple more days after it. Same thing with Apple, all-time high, right before their stock split. And I, I entitled the, the vlog or the blog, I'm going to try to do a blog as well as a vlog. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But Tesla and Apple stock splits took place five for one, four for one. I, I titled the blog, Welcome to Splitsville, USA. Um, and I, I tried to write some comedy into it. I tried to write some humor. For instance, uh, Tesla split five for one, and the stock still closed today above the 420 funding secured level. Do you remember? If you don't remember that, that was when Elon Musk was stoned on Joe Rogan. Or it may not have been stoned, but he partook. And uh, later that day, he's sending out you know tweets about how I think the stock should go to 420 dollars, and then ultimately it goes to 2,000. Uh, when you factor in their splits, um, it goes straight up to 500, like boom. So his 420 wasn't a bad call, all things considered. But in, inside this article, I also wrote things like, it's Bazonkersville, trying to be cute, trying to be catchy. I don't know if that's cute and catchy. But I hear that in Germany, they don't call Teslas Teslas. The Germans call it a Tesla, a Volkswagen. Volts. Uh. Uh, okay, it's not funny, but you get how I'm trying. McDonald's, 
their CEO is not McLovin it. He's been accused of sexual harassment. Um, McLovin, see what I'm trying to go with that. But anyway, maybe I'll have an announcement later this year. Peloton is still up after smashing earnings. Peloton's Hulk smashed their earnings. Pandemic play. I've got a nice garage in California. And do you remember how HP was started in a garage? I think at one point in time, Steve Jobs built computers in a garage. Um, I'm thinking about buying a couple Pelotons and put them into my garage and open it a gym. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? Uh, I actually had that thought, and I, I wasn't stoned, but it is legal in California. Wow, the taxes on that stuff is crazy. Which brings us back to politicians love taxes. In the last segment, I talked about the NFL. One of the stocks that is considered a, a, a NFL play is a company called DraftKings. They're eventually going to get permission to operate sports gambling in the state of California. They were close. It fell apart. Um, when they do, that stock's going to take off. Uh, California is a very populated state. And we have more than one football team. I got to think about that for a second. Like, how many teams do we have here now? Um, Are the Raiders officially now in Vegas? Are they going to play there this year? Did the stadium open or did COVID slow down the final phases? I don't remember. I don't know. Some things just go into my head and out my head. But uh, Peloton stock is soaring as earning smash expectations. And tying it back one more time with where I was going at, opening up a gym. I'm only kidding, but everyone wants to go to a gym right now. I could call it the COVID cottage or something like that. Come to the COVID cottage, work out of my gym, out of my garage gym. Uh, I'm not going to do it, but it's goofy to think about. This week, Peloton announced, and I told you earlier in the week, I said, this is a stock I like. Um, This is a stock that's going to blow out numbers. And they did. They introduced a more expensive they introduced two tiers to both the bike and the treadmill. Now they have an expensive tre- bike and treadmill and a cheaper one. But they're also focusing on getting subscribers to, say, for X amount of dollars a month, you can watch all of our workouts <coughs> or you can go to classes. And it's way cheaper than a gym. Um, but uh, they are still going to rely on the hardware, but they're also moving into a subscription model. I'm not against it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tenant looks like uh, for a foothold in the United States. Again, another weekend movie. Another weekend of movies. And we'll see how many people are going back to the movies. Tenant and Mulan were meant to represent a return to normal. However, neither film has been quite representative of getting people packed into theaters. Analysts have questioned if the opening weekend numbers for Tenet were inflated with preview showings. There's been controversy over Mulan, poor reviews, and pirated copies of the film, uh, weakening ticket sales that is it opens up in China. There's stocks that we're looking at. And again, I think Disney did Mulan as well as it could by pushing it onto Disney+. Plus. They saw the number of subscribers skyrocket. The number, and then charging you 30 bucks to watch it. 30 bucks doesn't intimidate me. If you were going to take your kid to uh, the movies, 30 bucks for watching at home is not bad. And let's face it, one of the trends in the last 20 years is to get bigger TVs and better sound systems, right? So Disney Plus handled theirs right. They had this movie that was sitting there getting old after six months, and it was slowly getting pirated and passed around. So one of the things that they've done is say, let's monetize this as best we can. 
I don't think Warner Brothers did as well with Tenet. I think they could have put it onto HBO Max at a much lower price. Sign up for one year free and get the movie for ten bucks or something like that. Um, they didn't pull it off quite as well as they could have. So anyway, analysts are looking at those movies and saying it's not that great. It's not that great. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I have a little bit of insomnia, so I'm talking really slow today, which is actually probably a little bit easier for people over 50 to listen to the show. Um, when I first got into radio 20 plus years ago, I was doing West Coast radio. I've talked a little bit about this day on CNET radio. Um, I was doing it from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock East Coast time, but it was on from 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock West Coast time. And I started my day pretty darn early already because I work on Wall Street time. And I don't think I'm smarter than you. I just will outwork you. That's kind of been my pitch to myself all these years. But I didn't know how to make coffee. And I got a coffee machine, and I'd put, like, four scoops in. And later, I would read, you're only supposed to put one scoop in. So when I first got into radio, I probably talked like this. But then more and more, I started saying things like, the SP 500 is up one half of 1%. It continues to waver in modest gains. The Dow is outperforming today, uh, seven tenths of 1%. Cisco Systems, they do wide area networks, local area networks. They do networking. They do switches. They do routers. They're the ruler of routers that sold on switches. They're going to be doing networking in you know, the Mars rover. You know the Mars rover? The Mars rover is, is interplanetary networking. Whoa. Um, and there was a point in time where we needed to know that. But I was talking so fast because I was jacked on coffee. And it kind of became my signature. So I still talk kind of fast to this day. Not that fast, but still kind of fast. Um, Apple, down a little bit today, as is Amazon. The two A's, as I like to refer to them, in the FANG stocks. Chewy down 6.8%. This is an interesting one. Kind of a pandemic play is Americans went out and got pets. Oh, my poor little third grader, fourth grader can't go to school. He can't play with other kids because he might get COVID. Oh, there's a smoke outside, so he can't play outside with other kids. Let's get him a puppy whopper. It's actually been a big positive of the animal shelters are empty of pets right now. No, not all of them. Um, but a lot of people went out and got animals for their kids to be a companion. Chewy is an online internet retailer. Essentially, they are pets.com is the way I like to look at it. <laughs> They've tried to make it very social. Um, they they ask you for a picture of your pet, and some people get a painting of their pet. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> but it's also very social. <laughs> Excuse me. I think I got the black lung pop. Um, Zoolander, one of the greatest movies in my mind as far as farcical. I think I'm getting the black lung pop. They did a music montage, and he was a fashion model, a male fashion model, high-end fashion model. They do a black um, lung parody, but they did a, a, a music montage in the movie. Anyway, I'm totally digressing. <laughs> Let's just drop that. But Chewy, back to Chewy. Um, down 6.8%. Um it's not a company I'm going to go for. 
I can tell you a story about it. I can make, you know, way more Americans are social. A lot of Americans are putting off kids and, you know, uh, having a dog is, is like a child now. There's a lot of truth to that. And that story is kind of what you build for, should I buy that stock or not? And ultimately, I have to back off and go, eh, I just want to buy Amazon if you're into online delivery. Now you're saying, but this is the next Amazon. The next Amazon's probably Amazon. So the way Amazon disrupts, I wouldn't put anything past them to put a company like Chewy out of business. I, I would say one exception was Zappos, who Amazon eventually acquired. Um, I'm not sure why Zappos was so good at selling shoes online. Would they have stayed? Could Amazon ever have done it? Or was Amazon too much of a um, utility? You know, let's, we'll deliver books. We'll deliver CDs. We'll deliver um, food. Was it too much to do dog food? And to go, I want to go to Amazon. They're friendly. Like my dog. No, it, it just didn't fly. World markets look pretty much like they all were higher today. The Nikkei, the Hang Seng, the DAX. DAX a little bit slower. And the FTSE. Stocks that are doing well today are industrial stocks, consumer staples, materials. Stocks that are doing poorly, real estate and utilities. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Now, you know I said the next Amazon's Amazon. There's a company that's doing really wonderful and maybe they are kind of a legit competitor down the road to Amazon. I'm not talking about Walmart, although their online orders during COVID were stellar. Shopify is who I'm talking about. Canadian, take off, you hoser. Good day, eh? Um, Shopify has quickly built a client base and revenues by helping merchants migrate online during the pandemic. I would like to see a very bold move from Shopify and acquire somebody like a FedEx. And overnight, they could potentially be a competitor to Amazon. It's going to take some sort of weird vertical strategy that's not there. They're not going to do it organically, in my opinion. They're going to have to build in a different construct. So Shopify is out there. Market capitalization is about $110 billion. Um, it's ahead of top retailers like Best Buy, eBay, Etsy, and Kohl's. So they're a legit big company. Um, I throw that out there. Why? Maybe down the road there'll be competitors. You know, it's going to be a big winner. And this is a stock I looked at yesterday to potentially buy. Now I can't buy it when I'm about to say their name. FedEx. FedEx has had just a terrible time competing with Amazon and competing with, I guess, the U.S. Postal Service and competing with UPS. They are the redheaded stepchild. They're the least favored of the group. But one of the things I saw as far as ideas recently was that this Thanksgiving, there's going to be no Black Fridays. People aren't going to go shopping. More people are going to be staying at home, which tells me more people like Amazon are going to be pulling Black Friday forward. I think that benefits FedEx. I think uh, all online retailers, all retailers are going to do what they can to get sales because we don't know what Black Friday is going to look like. I kind of assume it's not going to be as crazy as you know the years past where we've seen people trampled to death at Walmart, which that's going to be a horrible way to die. But 
you get the idea of temporary lockdowns, falling foot traffic at malls and stores. I, I, I think FedEx could be a play. Just on volume. Just on, we're not going to get shopping this year. So that trend will eventually end. Will FedEx be in a better position stock-wise? Will they be in a better position competitive-wise when it does end? Stock-wise, I think they should be. Elsewhere out there, there was a poll out today that said 83% of companies are ready to embrace the new work conditions after the coronavirus. A human resources consulting firm called Mercer did the study where they looked at companies and surveyed them. Companies that are giving flexibility to their employees and where they work and when they work. So, with a lot of parents double-timing right now as teachers for their children, a little flexibility goes a long way with loyalty. But they think the trend's going to continue. That messes up real estate plays. We got to a point where we were understanding how far Uber can take us, how far Lyft can take us, what we can do with our own cars, what we can't. When I work at Cron, like one of my demands is I'd get a parking spot. You're saying, why don't you just pay for your own parking spot? Because they have them to assign, um, and I'm kind of tasteless about it. Like I, I need, I need it. Maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but knowing that I don't have to go to Cron, I, I'm still seeing reporters do their their hits on all news stations remotely in their own home. I'm trying to set up a studio, and I don't quite have the right lighting. And yesterday, I put on some makeup, and oh, it's freaky looking. I'll put up the video at uh, cron4.com, or I'll put it up at Rob Black, uh, Facebook Cron4, Facebook Cron4, Rob Black, so you'll find it there. I'm dead sexy. Um, I look like a China doll, which I think I can still say. White alabaster skin. Um, Not a good look on me, so not a good look. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Trump unemployment program pays up to $1,800 in benefits to workers who qualify. The problem is we're doing it through FEMA. We're not doing it through Congress. Well, like, maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's not a problem. Lost Wages Assistance Program, the LWA, the LWAP. I don't even know what that means. I just threw it out there. But $300 a week federal supplement to unemployment benefits, which lasts up to six weeks. Uh, That gives workers an extra $1,800 if they received unemployment benefits for the weeks between August 1 and September 5. We are a nation that spends our money. Most unemployed workers um, should be able to qualify for it. But again, we don't have a lot of data right now. Drug maker AbbVie is in the news today. I like AbbVie stock. I don't own any, but it's a big pharmaceutical company. Avi has started asking U.S.-based teams to return to the office, kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, right? Where, in a survey, 83% of companies are more willing to let you be flexible and work from home. Avi's saying, like, hey, we need you back in the office now. Um, and some employees feel pressure. <clears throat> I don't know how this plays out. Um, a lot of people don't feel safe commuting to the office, so they're buying cars. They're not doing ridership on the BART, Barrier Rapid Transit. It's kind of a metro in different cities, whatever you want to name it. Ridership's down big. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 
I was looking at my calendar recently. I think I've taken off three total days. Two of them were holidays since COVID began. Um, I enjoy doing this show during troubling times. I, I, I don't mind it. I think I'm good at it for you. I don't know if that makes enough sense and or not, but just know that we're in this together and I'm trying to help you figure out what my industry does right and wrong. I think all industries have people who do things right and wrong. I think mechanics, we all know about the bad ones, but we rarely know about the good ones, right? In my industry, if someone ever says, you need to write a check to my company, it's typically a bad thing. It's... Money should be handled by brokerage accounts or bankers, and they shouldn't have my name on it. So I go, hey, you want to invest? You send me a check to Rob Black at blah, 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 blah. Make it for 100000 Six years. Let's get seven. Let's go a million. Um, that's a sign that something's really wrong with a person. So if you find yourself ever giving someone in the financial industry a check, a personal check. It's not a good thing. More often than not. Again, there's going to be some ex- exceptions to the rules, but um, if they're going to invest for you, it should be in your name, not theirs. Which brings me to an odd topic, uh, prenups and postnups. This is a chapter in one of my books that I, I'm okay with prenups. I'm okay with postnups. I think it shows a huge amount of maturity if you can talk about money. I will admit that I've run into some women that I've dated that they didn't feel comfortable talking about money. And ultimately, the relationship didn't work out. I think you should have no shame if you're in love with someone. You should be able to say, okay, here's our budget. Let's take a look at the last three months of expenses. What are we doing right and what are we doing wrong? Are you saving 15% of your salary? If not, you go to that budget. Because you love each other from in your 20s, and I get it, it's passion. You love each other in your 30s, I get it, there's kids. You love each other in your 40s because they've stuck by you for 30 years. I get it, I get it, I get it. But at some point in time, you're going to retire. And I've said on the air before, it's a, a weird phrase to turn. I don't want you eating beanie weenies in a trailer park. I have nothing in the trailer parks, and I, I, I need to modernize that, that statement. But I, I have a thing against Beanie Weenies. I have a thing against cat food. A couple should be able to talk about money. One of the ways I, I, I think you could start this is talk about your parents. I've got you know a classic story. My dad handled the money. My mom didn't. My dad knew she was going to die before he did. So he bought life insurance on her, but not on himself. Well, he did have some on himself, but not enough. So he knew she was going to die first. That's a messed up relationship of money right there. On top of it, he wouldn't let her see the taxes, so he just gave her the last page and said, sign it. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if there was an affair going on where money was being funneled to a mistress, or I don't know. I can just tell you as a kid, I found it kind of like, that's weird. Um, You should be able to talk about money. One of the ways I suggest people do it is talk about your parents. My dad died at 58 years old. Horrible year to die. Died in the middle of the winter when it was an icy, cold, snowy winter. He wanted to be buried at Arlington Cemetery. They're like, well, because the ground's so iced up, uh, we're not going to be able to put him in the ground for 45 days. I'm like, nope, that's not going to happen. 
Let's find a local church that he uh, kind of worked with in his final six months of living. And they found him a nice plot. Um, but my dad had a bad relationship with money. He died with, when I, I was in charge of going through his finances. Um, and it, it frightened me because my dad kept a desk at home that had probably 800 different pieces of mail and paper. And it was just robustly over, overridden, right? He wasn't very organized. So I was like, when I'm going through this paperwork, if I find a, a message that like <clears throat> I was written out of the will, I'm just going to rip it up. It's a joke. If I, I what I thought I was going to find was the fact that um, I might have been adopted. I'm the only person in my family who's over six feet tall, um, and I got blue eyes, and none of my brothers have blue eyes, and it's like weird. So I thought I was going to find like news that I was adopted. But what I did find was $60,000. Maybe it was $40,000. Now I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. But it was forty dollars to $60,000 of credit card debt. My dad had left work. He started working for the White House. He ultimately had to leave the White House, and he took a job as a kind of a defense contractor consultant. Um, had to leave that after he had a heart attack. And in his heart attack, that's where they found out he had cancer. And for some reason, the guy didn't pay off his bills. The moment I know I have cancer or a heart attack, I'm like, I need to, I need to get serious about straightening this financial situation up. <laughs> My dad was a smaller man. He liked going to Hackinger's. Hackinger's was Home Depot before Home Depot. Hackinger's was a big East Coast thing before there was Lowe's. Hackinger's eventually goes bankrupt because the big box guys come in and they do it better than them. But my dad liked power tools. It's a very weird thing to say. He was so bad with money, he liked power tools. So I go out of the garage, and most of the power tools are still in the original box. He would buy it as if he's going to need a, a, a sander down the road. So I have a sander. He bought drills. He bought tons of stuff, small stuff, too packets of washers and stuff like that that you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to use this. But he didn't communicate honestly and fairly with my mother. And I'm not going to say they had a bad marriage, but try not to put yourself in that situation. If you can learn from my father, you should be able to talk about money.